Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. So, Caleb, uh, good afternoon. Good evening. Welcome back to uh, your your home. Yeah, I mean, and here I am. Here, here you are. Same, Same spot I was last time we did this. Same thing we do every day. And yeah, yet, I, and, I have spent a lot of time not right here in in recent times. And it's been great. We've been, uh, you were here hanging out. We got to hang hanging out for like a week straight. Down the street. Down the street. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, you know, we got to eat a lot of good food, which by the way, my fridge is still overflowing oh, with God. Moe's catering. Yeah, that's going to be bad real soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I figure like I'm going to pick... I'm going to pick at it tomorrow and, like, see, like, I'm going to throw the meat away. Yeah. I'll keep the cheese. The cheese will be good. You know, like, the shredded cheese. Oh, That'll yeah. be good yeah. for a while. Um, the uh, the shells are pretty much all hard and crusty now. You can always um, make bootleg nachos with the shredded cheese and the chips. Just fill up a plate and, like, pop them in the microwave. Or, like, if you're feeling sassy, put them on a, a cooking sheet and put them in the oven. I am uh, I am typically feeling sassy, so that might be a thing that I do. <laughs> I'm feeling um, fat and sassy. <laughs> Fans getting all fat and sassy. Um, yeah, so so that's the thing I'm gonna do, uh, and uh, you know, and then we'll we'll go from there. But uh, you know, odds are I'm gonna throw pretty much all of it away. Uh, but there wasn't a lot left because uh, the crew ate a bunch of it. Yeah, hell yeah. And uh, hey, hey, we have our first trailer. Out already. Michael, we made a movie. We made a movie and have a trailer already to show people with footage from said movie. And, you know, like, going into this, we, we have talked and, and talked and talked. We have talked a lot of shit uh, over the, the last four plus years on this show, yeah. as, as our longtime listeners will, will be well aware. And honestly, <laughs> even new listeners will probably pick up pretty quickly uh, that we talk a lot of shit. Uh, you know, and at the end of the day, our, our biggest critique are, is, you know, like, how much did you try? And yeah. when we said, like, you know, with, with several of the movies we watched, when we said, we guarantee 100%, we promise that we will do better than this. I feel completely confident that we, that we, we held up our end of that bargain. I, I completely agree with you. I do feel, I feel that confidence of like, oh, I know it's better than sex squatch you know like <laughs> nothing you know, like is, I, I know it's better than that nothing is I in mean, the no, same league as sex squatch though <laughs> there, there's no scott breakdowns in our movie though uh maybe that's a failure in our writing room we'll have to figure that out we really but, need to have a talk with these writers <laughs> fucking jackasses uh but you know other than other than the fact that there's not a ska breakdown in our movie i still feel like we did a very good job and the crew did a very good job. I mean, because, like, we created the story, but, like, you know, Dave Maslin, our director, like, notes uh, our, our DP, like, you know, and Lauren uh, Kaler, our editor, they're the ones that really, like, took our idea and, like, made it into something bigger and better. So, like, and kudos to them. Like, you have talked a lot about the process of making films, both on the show and just in hanging out, talking to the two of us. Um, but I'd never seen it. And I specifically remember you telling me 
um, how, and I, I think this might have been in the in the interview with uh, with Bruckner, maybe when we were talking about how like being a part of it and seeing behind the scenes doesn't take away from the magic. If anything, like it enhances it. Totally. And I can completely see that now. Seeing all of these dedicated, hardworking, creative, and like thoughtful people put all of their skills and talents together and to make something like truly special. Uh, like that, that was magic. But then to see the little things of like how, how lighting effects happen, how like, how like the, you get the different uh, camera angles in order to like really like maximize the, the effect that you're, that you're going to get. Like, you know, specifically for, for our main character, there's a lot that has to be told by his body language and notes, yeah. notes his camera angles really, really just punch you in the face with his body language. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I, I do also, you know, you, you talked about the uh, the idea of the magic. I do also want to point out that our, our gaffer, Bruce Beggy, did he, we needed to, to like strike a shadow across mm -hmm. uh, our main character's face. Mm -hmm. And this motherfucker put a garbage bag on a pole and it made it look exactly like like a strike of a shadow, like a perfect window pane style shadow on this guy's face. And it looks brilliant. So brilliant. It's a garbage bag <laughs> on a pole. Like like only only like a mad genius thinks of things like that. Is like, I know what I'll do. I'm gonna put a fucking garbage bag on a pole, and you're gonna be like, that is art. And he did it. Yeah. And that was great. And he did tons of lighting shots like that where mm -hmm. he was like, I got you. Yeah, you know, like was it was it was insane. One where we needed like a like a really like diffused kind of like soft daytime light, and it was a combination of a uh, like translucent shower curtain to diffuse the light and another garbage bag to like cut it at a certain point. And yeah. like, I look over and I just see like plastic strewn about your house, but then <laughs> I look at the 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 monitor and see the footage. I'm like. That lighting is perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> you would think, I mean, you know what? Like, we could have spent our entire budget just to get that shot if we were, like, a feature film, and Bruce did it for basically the cost of a garbage bag. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that's amazing. I mean, Gene, everybody on this film, like, everybody, even down to, like, you know, our, our like, production assistants, you know, like, uh, Emily and and Nolan, like, they did just, just the work that those guys put in is just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, I cannot thank the crew enough for for doing such amazing things. Well, and, like, the, the one thing that we were 100%, like, no matter what else happens, we have to do this in order to, like, really, like, to, to not drop the ball and to, like, really come through with what we promised as filmmakers. Uh, having a script supervisor, oh my God, did that make a difference? Like there oh, are so many things I, that I can think back on now that if we just had YOLO'd that and not bothered, there would be continuity errors throughout the entire thing. It would just be a fucking oh, wreck. Oh God. Like the, the outfits would have never matched up. Like, you know, he would have had a tie and then didn't have a tie in the scene, like in the same scene. Like, cause there's so many things where like. You know, because you because the way movies are shot, you shoot them by location, not by scene. Mm -hmm. So like you shoot all of one, you know, all the scenes in one location, and then the next and the next. But you know that one person may bounce between four locations in one in movie day. So like, yeah, without Lauren being there for as our script supervisor, knowing like, hey, we in this scene, as this is part of that scene, he was wearing exactly this, looking like this. Show, you know, bag on this shoulder, looking this direction, like without her, I, I mean, it just would have all gone to shit. So like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we have brought up many times the importance of script supervisors. Yeah. And I totally, well, we had entire lengthy conversations about eyeline while making the movie. And all I could think about was the, the first time that I heard you go on a, a tirade about eyeline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was that? A cannibal cop? I think that was that one. I, yes. That's yes, the one that was. we, I, it was really, really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the importance of a script. I mean, that's that's you know also like kind of a DP job, but like the script supervisor, you know, that's kind of their thing to help, you know, like keep that continuity and keep the flow. Like that also is is on them as well. You know, yeah, uh, pretty amazing cast. Uh, you know, uh, and you know, well written, obviously, because we wrote it and we're great. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and and speaking of well written, you know, this is uh, we're moving on. So this is a movie that uh, you know, there's like ten of these now, uh, the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that being said, 
Hello and welcome to the Never Heard of a Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight. And I'm furious. <laughs> so we uh so we're continuing on our month of watching blockbuster movies, uh, you know, the big ones that that people have known. And we're doing the Fast and the Furious this time around. Um, but I gotta say some people missing from the maybe i mean it's been so long i haven't watched the first one so i wasn't sure now i've never actually seen any of the fast and the furious movies before now but yeah. i remember in college i remember specifically that like every girl that i knew and probably some of the guys too i mean it was a long time ago i'm, just, sure. I'm not not trying to make jokes other than i don't fucking remember shit <laughs> um, <laughs> had posters from these movies and i i specifically remember vin diesel being in them yeah, Vin Diesel, I mean, like, Paul Walker, uh, like, Michelle Rodriguez. Like, there was a lot of people in those movies. I was like, those are some pretty big stars. But, like, we started watching this movie. And also, like, the plot of the movie is them, they're supposed to be in cars, yeah, right? They race cars. That's the whole thing. There's something. Uh, there's definitely something to do with cars. I The movie we watched, though, took place entirely on a plane, and none of those people were in it. Wait a second. Uh, did we? Uh, did we? Uh, God damn it. We we did it again. We watched the wrong movie. Uh, this time, uh, it looks like, checking my notes here, uh, it looks like we actually watched the movie The Fast and the Fierce, which is on Tubi TV. I, you know, like, the name is just so similar. It's fucking it, amateur hour at the clown show over here. God damn. <laughs> well, uh, so let's talk about the movie The Fast and the Fierce. I have to say, uh, listen, um, I, I remember watching Speed uh, with Keanu Reeves, mm -hmm. Sandra Bullock, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, who what was the other guy? Dan, Dust, the... Who's the bad guy? In the I movie? was literally I just name. looking at the <laughs> at speed earlier, and I don't remember. I will I will find this for you because yeah, you I can't know. think of his name. I think it begins with a D. Dennis Hopper. Like, Dennis Hopper. That's the one. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. Is Dennis still around? I feel like I haven't seen Dennis Hopper in anything. I was just in thinking that too. That's probably why. Two thousand. Oh, he died in two thousand ten. Wow. Oh, wow. That's a shame. That, I mean, that was fucking twelve years ago. How did I yeah. forget that? I mean, almost exactly like. May 29th, 2010. Oh, wow. At the age yeah. of 74. Off by a month or so. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, so Dennis Hopper. So I, I watched Speed, and I was like, yeah, that's a cool movie. You know, that came out in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And then I watched Speed 2, and I was like, but, like, you change the main character, and I'm supposed to just, like, think it's okay? Like, <laughs> come on, man. Keanu Reeves is huge. Even in the 90s, Keanu Reeves is huge. You know, oh, yeah. he did a few other movies, and then he did uh, The Matrix right after this. I mean, but I have to tell you, he was already in Bill and Ted, right? And like Point Break and and all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. he was already a well known actor. I will tell you the truth, and this is not saying much. This movie was better than Speed Two, hmm. Hmm. and the reason I uh, hmm. we're comparing this to Speed is that the movie The Fast and the Fierce is literally the plot of Speed. But on a plane. Which I thought was Speed 2, but apparently Speed 2 was on a cruise ship. Speed 2 was a cruise ship. Which yep. aren't typically okay. known for speed. Yeah. I mean, they're not exactly doing knots here, you know, like <laughs> there aren't cruise ship races going on in the bay. There, there probably <laughs> should be. Let's let's be honest, though. Let's be honest. Mm. That'd be like watching mm. a snail race. <laughs> <laughs> I would totally go to a snail race if anyone has any local underground snail uh, racing. Isn't that a thing, like, or is that just from out. like a, a movie? I don't know. We'll call Ethan up. I'm sure he's got the he's got the happenings on the dope underground snail races. Guarantee Ethan races all sorts of creatures. He probably does salamander racing. Yeah, and even if not like for for like other herpetologists, he probably just does it by himself in his basement. Oh yeah. Uh, because that is totally a thing Ethan would do. Which, by the way, all of that that I just said is a hundred percent a compliment, yeah. and is in no oh, way yeah. that is insulting. Like that is just how fucking cool Ethan is. Like he is probably has a whole salamander racetrack in his basement, and it's probably dope as fuck. But actually, now I need to ask him if he does. No, you ask. Do you do salamander races? Yeah, so so we watched this movie called The Fast and the Fierce. Now, Adrian Paul is in this movie, and uh, for those of you that might uh, remember Adrian Paul, Adrian Paul was in a few other things. Uh, he was in a TV show called Trackers. Um, he was in... Uh, 
Um, uh, he was in Arrow for a little bit, but more specifically, and I would say probably where most people recognize him, uh, he plays Duncan McLeod in the Highlander TV series. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's probably where everybody, you know, I would say most uh, most people would probably recognize him hmm. uh, from. Hmm. Um but yeah, so so Adrian Paul, uh, cool guy, uh, also stars uh, Dominique Swain, who um, she's one of those people that like I always recognize her name, but I never really know. I'm always like, oh yeah, Dominique Swan, and then like I see her face, and I'm like, I have no fucking clue who you are, but like I know your name for some reason. See, I recognize um, she, her her name, or no, I recognize her face, but I didn't know her name until you said it. Yeah, so she is in. Uh, she was in Face Off, uh, our favorite Nick Cage. So she plays uh, Jamie Archer, who I believe is uh, Travolta's wife. That sounds right. Or Cage with the face wife. I don't know. Uh, she was also in the movie Alpha Dog, uh, which starred uh, Justin Timberlake, by the way, um, which actually wasn't a bad movie. Uh, and what else? Uh, she's been in a few other things, um, but I mean, that's kind of like the big, big one that you would uh, likely recognize her from. Um, oh, she was in Nazi Overlord. And Nazis at course. the Center of the Earth, which isn't that one that we did? Oh, we totally did that one. Yeah, yeah that yep. was during one of our, uh, yeah. That, oh, Dr. Paige that. Morgan, that, that explains why I recognized her, because yeah. that's the thing that she's been in that I have seen most recently. Okay, okay. I mean, that wasn't that recent, but okay. I mean, yeah. That doesn't change sure. my statement. <laughs> right. I mean, it still applies. Uh, yeah. And uh, there's also a guy by the name of Moose Ali Khan, which I just think is fucking cool mm -hmm. to be like, my name is Moose, and yeah. that's great. Uh, and he played uh, he played the Captain Kalib, who is the, um, the airplane pilot. So the plot of this movie, again, is speed. So the way the movie... Listen, man, I'm going to give it to you up front. This was probably the most boring action movie I have ever watched in my life. I thought I was being punished. <laughs> I woke up early and I couldn't I couldn't fall back asleep, so I just got up and I put the movie on and I just thought I was being punished. <laughs> I mean, kind of a punishment, a punishment unto yourself. <laughs> it it is it is what? A roughly hour and a half runtime, uh hour 26. Uh, uh, yeah. I swear to yeah. god it was at least 3. Mm. It was so slow. <laughs> so, like, the thing about the movie Speed is that, you know, and and, and this movie, The Fast and the Fierce, did, a, did the same thing where, you know, first you see the bus, right? You know, well, first, actually, you... you in uh, in the movie Speed, you see Dennis Hopper and Keanu Reeves is chasing him down and blah, blah, and, oh, it gives him the slip, and so we get the idea of who the villain is, and then it cuts to the bus, and you see Sandra Bullock on the bus, and you do your little, you know, principal actor bounce through where they introduce all the characters that are going to have lines throughout the movie that are going to be important, and they bounce through and give them all tiny little backstories. So you're kind of like, oh, it's the lady with the shopping cart. Oh, it's the big fella in the back. Oh, Sandra Bullock with the wildcat shirt, you know? So uh, you get your little things, and and this movie did exactly that. But the problem is, is that it was done in, like, the dumbest, most, like, superfluous way I could possibly think, where it was, like, you know, the the stewardess is, like, walking down, or the flight attendant, uh, I should say, they reference her as stewardess, but the flight attendant, uh, she's, like, walking down the aisle, and everyone's, like... Uh, uh, flight attendant, uh, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, you. And she's being like super casual and personable with them mm -hmm. as though like they've been on this flight for like three weeks and they like know each other. It was really weird. Like half, it's it's not a full flight, which uh, I guess when this film was shot in 2017 was maybe a little bit more believable. No, no, flights were still like jam-packed all the time then. Uh, yeah. So that was that was particularly difficult to believe. Uh, but in addition, like they were apparently like circling LAX for hours. And so people were just kind of standing around milling about the plane casually, like at least half the people. And she had to go through and at, like gently ask each one of them one by one to sit down. And rather than making an announcement and like be like, all y'all motherfuckers hey, on your asses. Go sit down. Yeah, I didn't really understand that. Like. I've never considered any sort of transit, like mass transit, whether it be a plane or a bus or a train, where I just fucking get up and talk to another person. Like that's not a that's not a thing, especially in an airplane. I mean, like maybe I've seen people like talk to each other on a bus or something like that, or like the subway. 
But like, you don't just fucking get up and wander to someone else's seat in the airport in the airplane and be like, "Hey, yeah, so uh, what are you doing?" Something like this, like it's kind of boring. Fucking airplane, like, yeah, just 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 circling, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So where are you from? Come here often? Like, shut the fuck up. Go sit down. I I have no. <laughs> I have no plans of talking to a stranger on an airplane. I think an airplane is like the last place I'd ever want to be social with a stranger. And yet you're also like a captive audience if they get you. Because you can't go. Right? You can't go. You can't leave. You can't right. just otherwise, leave the plane. Yeah. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to move seats because like it's assigned seating, you know? So like you really need to like, like you need to, add, that, that's the time we really need to be like, hey, I don't want to be talking to you. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> I've, I've straight up had to tell people, like, I am not in the mood for conversation. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ethan said that uh, salamanders are generally too dumb to walk in a straight line. Same. Can relate. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Me and salamanders have that in common. Yes. That's, that's very good. Yes. Uh, oh, so now, now, we, now we know that uh, Ethan... No salamander racing. Ethan does not race salamanders, but that doesn't mean he hasn't tried <laughs> I think that's why he knew the answer to that so fast. I'll be honest. If anything, that's proof that he has tried. Yeah. I could see him at home, like, undoing a racetrack and be like, well, this is a fucking dumb idea. I could have made millions off of illegal underground salamander (laughs) race betting (laughs) down at the the OTB. So, Uh, uh, okay. uh, Yeah. I have to get get this off off my chest. Please do. So, the poster... For the Fast and the Fierce, we we know yes. we know that this is ostensibly a mockbuster of Fast and the Furious based on the name. I mean, but then an attempt of in the plot, it's very obviously a mock of Speed. But, but on the cover, I saw the poster. They have a like racing car, a, a street racing car, like blasting ahead of the plane with a bunch of other cars like being like thrown about and exploding behind it uh, as the plane flows. It, it basically looks like the car and the plane are having a race. And that's right. a movie I would watch. I would watch that movie. The problem is there is never, ever an instance of a car no. in this whole movie. No. Never. There no is, in character fact, ever gets in a car. There is a second plane at one point, but there's, yeah. there there are no vehicle, no 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 land transportation vehicles. I we'll talk about a. Dis- I mean, that's you know. Listen, this is definitely like they know what they're doing, right? This is them trying to be like, oh, this must be. I mean, do you think they're trying to like trick people into? Like thinking it's a Fast and Furious movie, and so they watch it. I think that that has to be the the case. I mean, so I, I don't know if we've said this yet, but this is a, a another film by the Asylum, the the, yeah, the fine I mean, folks who, yeah. who brought you the um, the Sharknado series, uh, as well as uh, <laughs> what the fuck was it called? Uh, Sinister Squad. <laughs> oh yeah, Sinister uh, Squad. Um, and I feel like that that is kind of their MMO. Their MMO, their their MO, uh, and probably their MMO as well, uh, is to lure you in with something that looks like a popular franchise that you're familiar with, and then by the time you realize that it's not, you're, they, I guess they got you. I don't, I don't know, but like, if it weren't for this podcast, I wouldn't fucking finish this movie. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't even know if I ever would have watched it because I had no interest in watching the, uh, the Fast and the Furious movies, anyways. Holy shit! Go on. What we should have watched, as I'm, I'm just now realizing that there was a, presumably a sequel or at least another in this mini franchise, called Fast and Fierce. Death Race. Now I tried finding that, but it has DMX in it, right? Yes! Yeah, I tried finding that one, too, because I was like, well, fuck, I'll watch that instead, because I fucking love DMX. It has DMX in it, and it definitely has car racing. Uh, And it also looks like it might be like a... um, there, like this was like a, a real. Oh, I say real. This was like a like an actual like movie or live action story or something like that. At one point, I think, and maybe it was part of like the Mad Max storyline and whatnot. But uh, a while back, probably like eightish years ago, uh, maybe less. Uh, Hanna Barbera did a series of 
comic books that were the, like modernized and they did the wacky racers in like a Mad Max style world. And that's what oh this God, like that's great. Uh, this description kind of reminds me of like a Mad Max, a wacky racers, a twisted metal, like it's the tournament. And <laughs> like sign me up for the tournament. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to be the one that wins the race because it's for my daughter or something like that. <laughs> but DMX USB. is in it. DM oh, man. <laughs> oh, In the Drift was the name of the original the original one, but it's Fast and Fierce Death Race. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. So anyways, uh, so right off the bat, uh, the story begins and we get our, uh, main character, Benji played by, uh, Zach Steffi, uh, and his, uh, his wife, uh, their newlyweds, uh, Donna, who was played by, uh, Mimi Davila, right? It was Donna. Yes. And, uh, so, so what we've learned is that, they were supposed to go to the uh, Bahamas or something like that. It was their uh, honeymoon. And... Yeah, whatever. So they're supposed to go to some tropical island uh, honeymoon. and uh, But instead, uh, he was like, oh, I'll meet you there. And he ends up not because he's fucking a fucking nerd who works too much. Yeah, so he's a workaholic. So he's still back there. She goes to the honeymoon thinking he's going to be there. And after three days, she ends up leaving early and getting on this specific flight. Um, to fly back home. Now, meanwhile, he is, you know, click clickety clacking because he's a code person or whatever. <laughs> and a woman approaches him and basically is like, uh, who who is Dominique Swain, who is basically like, give me the Genesis 7 code, you know, the hacker dude guy, uh, or I'm gonna kill your wife. And uh, I put a, a thing on her plane. And so we learn that the plane can't go above 1,500 feet mm -hmm. or below 5,000 feet. 500. Uh, or 500 feet. No, I think it was 5,000. 1,500, no, 1500, 1500. It was 500? Yeah. Damn. It was a very low, narrow right, 5, range, which yeah. um, I think was probably done because, uh, if, I, if I have to guess, that's probably around where like most of the cloud cover sits. So it's like the most dangerous area and you got to stay there. Ah, uh, yeah. So basically, yeah, can't go above fifteen hundred, below five hundred uh, feet, or uh, I don't know. It, it just shuts off and they fall out of the sky. It's like this. They say like the stabilizers. Uh, so if they're above fifteen hundred feet, the stabilizers would like cut, and the plane will just start getting tore apart, and everyone will die. Seems a little flimsy of a of a thing, uh, a plot device. It's a lot flimsy of a plot device. Yeah. Well, because uh, spoiler, you know, kind of jump to the end. In the end of the movie, after they try all these things to try to like, oh, we got to do a thing, and Bruce, you know, uh, uh, Benji's like, oh, I'll figure it out. I'll I'll give him the code, and you know, everything will be good. They just fucking land the plane, and it's fine. He's like, I know, uh, the plane is, you know, the device is being powered by the plane, so like, I'll just get to five hundred feet, and then just shut everything off, and just do like a emergency landing. Mm. He's like, easy, and I'm like. I had to wait through an hour and 26 minutes for you to just be like, I know 500 feet is not that fucking far off the ground for a gigantic ass plane. I'll just go to 500 feet and just shut, shut the plane off and land and everyone will be fine. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the worst, <laughs> like this is the worst terrorist plot ever. And the number of times they're like, well, this is the only way to minimize casualties. And someone like with a very serious expression is like 72 lives doesn't seem minimal to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I, I mean, like we don't trade lives. <laughs> right, right. We don't trade. What is that from? We don't trade lives. I do not remember. Uh, it, uh, it's from a Marvel movie. Yeah, I just don't remember yeah. which. Um, yeah, Captain America says it. I think, or maybe Iron Man. But I let me know. let me tell you how this movie would go in real life, assuming that there actually was like a credible reason for Benji to suspect that uh, this woman uh, who approaches him, uh, Juliet. Is actually Check capable yes, of. You listening? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> like operating under the assumption that she is actually capable of pulling off this this plot to hijack this plane and potentially kill his wife, uh, and he is one of the people who has access to the source code of this nebulously ominous project. 
What really would have happened, given that he's sitting at a cafe, is that he would have connected to the corporate VPN if they had one. Uh, she would have handed him a thumb drive, and he would have copied over the repo to her thumb drive and said, thank you very much, please don't kill my wife, and then immediately reported the, the, the incident and let, right. let, let security take over. Done. Sure. Uh, here's what wouldn't have happened. Uh, wouldn't have gone into the office on a Sunday and like lied some like rando in uh, by having her flirt with a security guard because he's one of only four people who have part of the code, but it's all at the uh, like at the office for some reason, but he can only access his part. None of that's how it works. Yeah, that's not. I. Yeah, I find myself I, yelling that a lot lately. But, but <laughs> that's, like that's seriously, how, you're you're that lady from the commercial. That's, that's not, not how that works. That's, that's not, not how, how any of this works. works. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just it seems like both the terrorist device and the the reason for them doing the terrorist thing seemed like overly complicated. They were wildly I overcomplicated. Like, I feel like they tried to make like this very like complex like oh but it's this because of this and oh there's this other thing and then we do the thing when it could have been something as simple as like there's a bomb on the plane. Mm -hmm. It's going to blow up. If you don't transfer X number of dollar, like yeah, just it would fucking have, would have been a ransom you know? or something like that. Cause like, right. In the event of needing to get the code, an actual hacker would have been paid to infiltrate the system and like gain access through some right. sort of like spear phishing campaign or some other like bullshit, like would have gotten someone's credentials because that's how hacking works. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, never input your password into a suspicious field. Uh, never provide it unless you're able to verify that the, the source is valid. Uh, and, you know, use two-factor authentication. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> and then here's the other annoying part is that, so she, so the woman, like, says, like, if you don't transfer this code to us, I'm going to flip the switch and this plane is just going to fall out of the sky and your wife is going to die. And look, I already did it to one of your partners. And we find out that his, the, his one of the four people, his partners was on a boat with his family and it all went up in flames. And the fucking idiot, as she's standing there, like threatening him with like a gun and stuff is like, that could be anyone's boat. That could have been an accident. She's like, Really? We like, dude. No, I'm telling you, we definitely killed this motherfucker. <laughs> like, I know your name, your wife's name. I know what flight she's on. I know the fact that she's even on a flight, even though she's not supposed to be on a flight mm -hmm. because this was an unexpected flight. Yeah. Like, nothing in this scenario you should be like, I don't know. Prove it. Like, that's not like I would just be like, okay, obviously you did this. I and mean, we do confirm that is in fact they did in fact blow it up. But like Here's the other annoying part is after he does do it, sort of, she gives him a big chunk of money. Mm -hmm. What's the point of the... <laughs> he, she could have just been like, hey, I'll give you X number of dollars if you just fucking transfer the code. Like, what was the purpose of giving him money? Yeah. You already had incentive to make him do it. Yeah. He doesn't need money to do it. Keep your fucking money. That was the point of this. You either pay the person to steal their, their corporate secrets or... You do the terrorist hostage thing, and like their loved one is the ransom. You don't right. like. You don't. You don't hold someone hostage, threaten to kill them, and then also pay the the person. Like that's. It's you're sending mixed signals at that point. There's a lot. you know because like after they're done and they've had the gun in your face and stuff like that, and they're like, okay, all right, here's five million dollars. Sorry for the trouble, and you're like, wait, wait, hang on, wait. <laughs> What? what just happened here? Could, could, Why are you paying me? Could we not have led with that? I mean, she does, but like, yeah. <laughs> could we not have led with that? Like, we could have saved everyone a whole lot of trouble. Like, yes, I will take your right. money. And uh, we're like, oh, okay, yeah. Here's here's a bunch of money. Thanks. Uh, here's what do you what do you want to know? You want to know passwords? I would give up work passwords all day long for five million dollars. <laughs> what are they going to do? Fire me? Uh, Go for it. Uh, so right, just kidding. Right before we hit record, I was like, can I talk about how like people are annoyed with with podcasters uh sure sure and you know we we were discussing how they kind of conflate the average joe jackasses like us with the like well-known shitheads uh sure 
But that came from uh, watching a Ronnie Chang special last night where like he does a whole bit where he like goes off on people making podcasts. But he also uh, talks about people who are like, show me the evidence. And like, you know, fucking like high school education at best, like demanding like PhD level proof of like high level scientists that like you're not going to fucking understand if they show you all the peer review documentation and everything. Right. Uh, I feel like Benji would be one of those. Show me the evidence. You can't yeah, prove 100%. That that's his boat. He's kind of a douche in the beginning to his wife because she's like, hey, we just got married a week ago. You're supposed to be here on our honeymoon. Yeah. Like, why aren't you? And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you turning this on me? I was like, Motherfucker, because you are the one fucking up. <laughs> like you are in the wrong here. And he's just like, I just don't I just don't see why you're so upset. I don't understand why you're so mad at me. <laughs> what? You know, that, it, was, it kinda hurts it my feelings wild. when you're mad at me. <laughs> but then there's like and he kind of gets away with it because then he, uh, you know, the whole terrorist thing happens and he does his end where he kills somebody, and then she does her end where she kills somebody. And then they just sort of like, oh, I'm, she's like, oh, I'm sorry we fought. Like, no, you still should go back to that fighting because that is, that is going to be a bigger thing down the road. <laughs> like, this guy is actually clearly very selfish. You two have some things to work out. And like, maybe it's going to be fine for y'all in the end once you get over the initial trauma of having both just murdered someone in a high stress right. situation. Uh, but like, you still should like, you need to talk through some things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, maybe he's a changed man at this point, but I don't think he will. But also... Also, yeah. and you you have you've touched on this. They kill the other guy. But part of the whole thing where like she she comes after Benji is this claim that he is one of only four people who has part of the code. If they killed one guy, how did they get his? Do they ever get the other two? So I think the last thing we see where she's in the bar and she says, Mr. So-and-so, have I got a deal for you? I think that's one, I think that's one of the other four, but like, I hate it. Wouldn't, wouldn't Ben like, cause like Homeland security gets involved. Like Adrian Paul is the Homeland security guy. Wouldn't he like call the other two people and be like, Hey man, so the other two, like the other 50% of your uh, partners have all uh, been targeted by blackmail accounts. We're going to protect you because you're, it's probably going to happen to you, you know? Okay, fair question. But this is the same Homeland Security team who, as soon as this plane lands, just lets everybody go. They don't stop and question anyone. No questioning, nothing. And two of the terrorists are on the plane. Mm -hmm. I mean, they both end up dying, but like two terrorists are on the plane. At least two. Yeah, we, that we know of. We don't that like, we know. Of. There could be dozens. Dozens. Everyone could be. I thought it was the. I for sure. I was like the co-pilot. He's a fucking terrorist. It, like he's one of them. Like what? What was the point of his story? Because right. they made him be like this. But they like art artificially made this like rift between the pilot and the co-pilot, and it just was so unnecessary. It didn't track. It didn't make any sense. And like at, at times they tried to imply that maybe it was because uh, Captain Khalib. Uh, was a uh, because he's Middle Eastern, so he's not to be trusted, and like they they touch on that a few times, and of course there's the which was the one good old boy who like gets all in the captain's face about you know you're different, and how do we know we can we can trust you? And at the end, he has this moment of like, you know, sir, we are different. You're better than I am. Uh, but yeah, we knew that. And like, it's good yeah, that you dude. recognize it, but like, that doesn't, that doesn't really get you off the hook here. Uh, right. and then like, there's, there's a moment where the Homeland Security guy is like being kind of casually racist about like, oh, things are no buena on La Vida Airlines or whatever. And then someone's like, but sir, the captain is Middle Eastern. He's like, what's that supposed to mean? Would well, it make a difference if it. I was? She was like, <laughs> yeah, but the captain is and looks around suspiciously. Middle. <laughs> you know, and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> but like, it's, like, what? It's like a switch like that from his own casual racism to like, but how dare you? Uh, right. Like, but like, it's what's even more funny is they gave that line to a black woman and yes. she wasn't like, hey, um, I don't think uh, this should be the line. None of, Just, none uh, of this really feels right. Just 
putting that out there. It's, like, I think this is, I think this is bad. I don't think we should do this. I don't think we should chase down that, that hole there. <laughs> and they were just like, no, 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 it's fine. No, 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 it's no, fine. Just, no just one's going to go. watch the movie anyways. Just, just do it. <laughs> That's for damn sure. <laughs> oh, oh boy. This movie basically killed, uh, Moose Ali Khan's career. Yeah. He did one more thing after it, and like, that was it. He was like, fuck this. Yeah. I, you know, the other thing that bothered me about this movie is that there was really weird, like, sayings in this movie. I can't think of, like, what they, what you would call them, but you'd be like, you know, I don't know, like the, the, uh, what's his name there? Um, Adrian Paul. He would say these things that was like, what the fuck? Like, this is a very serious terrorist situation. And like, why are you using like, you know, old cowboy slang? Like, I don't it's really like understand. Lots of idioms and whatnot. Yeah. Tons of idioms. It was really weird. I can't think of any of the ones he did, but he would just be like, well, we've let the cat out of the bag now. Like those sort of things. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, dude, people are about to die. Like, this is a pretty serious, like if this plane lands, it's going to like crush LA. Like, which now's not the time for your cute little <laughs> At one point, because they're they're circling for hours, they literally do at one point fly straight through downtown LA and like clip buildings and like cranes and shit. Like, what? How do you like? Right. I re I realize that the the terrorists have turned off your transponder, so the other planes can't see you. Okay, that's that's actually that, that's an interesting plot. And I actually just uh, uh, was listening to uh, a story about that actually happening with. A real plane that went missing. I think it was the the Malaysian Air uh, uh, plane that went missing two years ago, if I remember correctly, <clears throat> or it might be a different one. But like the transponder was cut off specifically so that the plane would go off the radar. Uh, okay, so that's that's interesting. Well done. Uh, but then somehow that translates to the pilots are also just flying blind, and so like apparently they don't even see out the window. They're just like. Ah! <laughs> oh shit. wildly making circles around the the greater LA area as like the airspace is cleared from you know halfway to San Francisco like down to the Mexican border or something like that. Right. I also there's this other scene where uh they're flying and they're kind of over the beach and there's a bunch of parasailers. Yeah. yeah. And it was like the silliest scene cuz first off the parasailers are just like they weren't even parasailers. They were literally just parachuting uh -huh. because they weren't actually attached to anything. They were just kind of floating. Whee! And they look and they're like, oh no. And they like undo their thing to like drop into the ocean. Like they definitely died, right? Because they had to have been over 500 feet in the air. Yeah. So they dropped from over 500 feet in the air into the ocean. Like you are super dead at that point. I mean, I'm no like, physicist, but that that's... That doesn't sound like a good time to me. Right? Like, uh, I, I'm i pretty sure even even into water, a 500-foot drop into water would absolutely fucking kill you. I mean, Maybe I'm wrong, though. I don't know. I mean, I feel uh, like at that velocity... Velocity? Velocipaster? Velocipaster. I feel like at that velocity, it would at least break a lot of your bones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so would... A 500-foot drop into water. What's the maximum height from which uh, you could jump into water and survive? If somebody said 50,000 feet. That, I feel like that's not uh, Yeah, I mean, if accurate. you have a parachute. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I Man, I just feel like... Uh, um, let's let's see. Can, uh, can you survive? This is all Cora. I'm not going to Cora. No. Oh yeah, we'll go. We'll go to this Liz, lesbian, lesbian net. Liz, lisb, d net. What? I don't know. That's the name of this site. You're making it up. Uh, I am. It's true. Uh, original 120 miles of foul. If the thousand foot fall was terminated by a solid object, you would die very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, surviving a dive from 200 or even 100 feet is highly unlikely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so those people just straight up died. Yeah, they're just they're just straight up, yeah, 100% dead. Super dead. Uh, so what's, what's, oh, wow. what's our casualty list so far? So there were several uh, parasailers. Yeah, uh, so three parasailers. There were uh, two people on the plane. And but then the the 
blonde woman who is with Benji uh, doesn't end up dying because we see her in the end of the movie with uh, a patch on her eye. So that's six people definitely dead from this. So like, and that's assuming no one was in the buildings that they crashed into as well. He presumably shoots her in the fucking face. Uh, well, like she's Mark Cohn. She's going to walk away from that. I don't think so. Right. Oh no. So he stabs her in the face with a USB and then shoots her and hits her body, I guess. But then she hits it, but then falls like a story, like falls to the second floor of, or to the first floor of the building they're at. Yeah. There's so like no reason to assume that she lives. The, yeah, the it, at least not getting back up in a day or two. Yeah, you know the co-pilot is, is hella dead. Just gets sucked right out the the door while they're trying right. to tether the homeland security plane. Uh, so that homeland security guy, um, what the fuck is his actual uh, name? Uh, Coleman. Uh, Coleman. Agent yep. Coleman can uh, what like shimmy across. Like, I, yeah, I don't you know, have to keep walk. it level so I can get across. Like you are not. No, no one thinks that you're actually crossing this. Like right. that, that's not happening. They expect yeah, one of us plan, in the wreckage, brother. <laughs> yeah, that plan was really odd. So, so at some point, you know, they're like, "Hey, we can't, you know, mess with the thing. Like they're gonna, they'll know." And they can you know, again, this it's speed. It's the movie speed. If you've never seen it, same thing. If you touch the bomb, if you slow down, if I see you taking passengers off, I, I blow the bomb. Right. And, you know, nobody can get on, nobody can get off, except for, you know, like Keanu Reeves is the only person who can get on and get off the bus. And same thing with this plane, except the the Homeland Security guy, they fly along, and he's like, I'm going to shoot the zip line across mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. go across it and get on the plane, and then I'm going to be on the plane. I don't know. You know, like he says he's going to bring an expert along with him, but like... It was just a bad plan. It's just a bad plan his, altogether. The expert was just like the other asshole agent, uh, Agent Michaels. Yeah. Who was like absolutely worthless, like couldn't get anything right, was like just spouting techno babble and like, oh, yep. there's no way we could do this in time. Here's that guy. And like, what yeah. what's he gonna do, Coleman? What like right. really, what's what's he gonna do? First off, he looks all of 22. Like, he probably just graduated the Homeland Security Academy, which is probably all of three weeks of training, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, was like, oh, I'm going to get him. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad, uh, I have to say. You know, and the other thing is, is they did actually have a pretty good plan for getting the plane down, because at one point they were like, I know, we'll get them down to 500 feet, we'll, we'll try to get them to slow their speed, you know, as much as they can, so they're not going as fast. We'll get them to 500 feet, and then one of our planes will shoot the engine mm-hmm. so that the the plane just falls, and then that'll, you know, it, and even if the, the thing goes off, because it's not a bomb in it, by the way. No. The thing that it was was basically just going to shut the systems down, which would... Uh, the explanation is is that it would trigger the destabilize the stabilizer to go off so that the plane would just sort of tear itself apart in the air... But the guy was like, oh, here's what we'll do. We'll just shoot the shoot the engine. The plane will go into a fall. We'll do a controlled crash, you know, whether it's on water or like on the runway. And then you'll be safe and it'll be fine because even if the thing goes off, you're going to be going so slow and you're only 500 feet off the ground that it won't be a big deal, right? Like he's like, you know, maybe some people might, might not survive, but like most everyone will survive. And I'm like, yeah, so just do that like i don't understand why we didn't <laughs> i think they came up with that plan after the one guy who may or may not have been a terrorist kurt who also was like insisted that like he would know how to diffuse the whatever the machinery is because he he used to diffuse bombs in iraq but, like, but the worst part but that whole scenario which is really annoying is he was like I, I should go help. And they're like, no, like, why should you go help? And he's like, because I should. Why are you holding me back? When he could have just been like, hey, I was in the military and defused. Bo- I mean, he turned out to be a terrorist anyways. But like, he could have been like, hey, I was in the military and I defused bombs all the time. And they would have been like, oh, right. Go, go do that then. But like, he fought with them for like five minutes before he was, before he was like, and this is why. And they were like, oh, well, yeah. in that case, like, just say why. But then when he's found out, he, he tries to escape with his parachute and, like, I think they release it while he's still standing in the door and it sucks him out and he gets dragged straight through the engine. Yeah, he does. <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> it was great. Oh. oh man, yeah, they they really played that up. Like they, it kind of felt like because um, uh, Donna ends up sitting next to him. And they kind of made it play like they were going to end up together. Mm-hmm. Like Benji was going to be the bad husband and she was going to leave him for Kurt. Mm-hmm. And like it, it really like they really played into that because there's a scene where you see him like holding hands because he's like, she's like, oh, you have PTSD. Like, I've seen that before. Like, I'm an EMT. I've seen it before. She's like, can I get you anything? He's like, no, just hold my hand. And they do a close up of them holding hands and, you know, they're working together. And you're like, oh, okay, like this is going to be a thing. And then all of a sudden he's a bad guy. And you're like, oh, well, okay. That kind of didn't make sense, but all right. And then one of the stewardess, uh, the flight attendants, end up being a, a bad guy too. And that didn't make that, sense. Yeah, it made no sense. Like there was just like she was trying to help the whole time, but then like she, like she would have these like ominous looks, like hmm. But then yeah. she was there when the the co-pilot died. But then she, I don't, I don't know. But Donna beats the shit out of her, like after ripping her yep. wig off. Yeah. Listen, I, I didn't. I mean, I get that the actress is actually bald. At least she is in her IMDb profile. Yeah. But like, I don't understand the point of ripping off the wig. Like, it, I, it felt like it was meant to be like this reveal of something. But like, I aha. I, see, we told you she was evil. Because you can tell because she's bald. Because she's bald. That's that's the that's the code. Yeah. That's how you know. Ah, but I don't know. I do have to, to point out there is one thing about this movie that does bring me just just a little bit of joy. Uh, and that is that one of the the passengers who is very much a like snooty, like a young boomer old Gen Xer, I think somewhere in that range. Uh, who is very much like, I have to get off this plane and I need a cocktail and you will listen to me. Like that kind of person. Very demanding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, played by Monique Parent, who, uh, if you'll recall, was not only uh, the character Scarlet in Jurassic City, but she was the Countess Elizabeth Bathory in Blood Scarab. <gasps> That is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Blood Scarab was such a wild movie. That is so funny. Mm-hmm. Good for mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Which, for for long time listeners, if you have uh, if you have listened to Blood Scarab, go back and listen to our Blood Scarab episode. For new listeners, go back and listen to our Blood Scarab episode. What a wild movie that was. Yeah, and so uh, that that was quite some time ago, if I recall. Not only for us making that episode, but the the movie was was not new. Uh, yeah. So they didn't recognize her for, uh, yeah, here we go. Two, uh, 2008. That's newer than I thought it was. I mean, why, that's why 14 I, years ago still. Yeah. But, but why do I feel, it must be because it was just like super, like it was like old Hollywood visuals and like super low budget style. So like it yeah. felt like an older movie. Um, but the, like I didn't, I, I thought she looked familiar, but I didn't recognize her because she's got that like deep, rich red hair in Blood Scarab, and she's, yep. like, fully, like, silvery gray now. Yeah, it, but they definitely made her appear to be, I think, older than she actually is. I mean, she was, uh, she's, like, a year younger than my mom, so, like, or no, oh. she's 11 years younger than my mom. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. like, she's still in her, you know, late 50s now. Turned 50 um, in 2015. Yeah. So that was seven so, years, of, so 57, Yeah. Yeah, so she's 57 because my mom old. is 68 this year. Yeah. That's not old at all. Right. And so in 2018, she would have been 43, uh, which still, that's crazy. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And, and so the movie ends in a really weird way because Benji and Donna never really actually get a hold of each other. Like, Donna keeps trying to call Benji to be like, hey, man, this is happening. But, like, Benji knows it's happening, but but Donna doesn't know it's happening. So, like, Donna doesn't know what Benji is going through, and Benji doesn't know what Donna's going through, and they're both trying to get at each other to tell each other what is happening. Uh, so, like, it's a really weird scenario. But anyways, in the end, Benji gets the money, Pretends to give the code to the woman, smashes her in the face, uh, pokes her eye out with a USB thing, shoots her shoulder. She seemingly dies. He runs off to the airfield to catch her. Meanwhile, Donna uh, kills the the bald woman, 
parachutes the other guy out of the plane. They finally do their landing, which is where he was just like, I know, we'll just drop to 500 feet and just shut the power off yeah. and then just land like normal. And then as soon as it lands, we'll just shut, turn the power back on and apply the brakes, right? Super smart, easy plan. And, you know, they get out and they're like, let's never fight again. And Benji and Donna make out. The Homeland Security guy is just like, well, I guess my work here is done. No no paperwork or questioning needed. Yep. And rides off into the sunset with his, you know, poncho via. And uh, they, and that's the end of the movie. And it, and then we get another scene where we see the, uh, the original woman with an eye patch. Um, approach someone else and she's like, have I got a deal for you, sugar? And she gives him a wink, but it's behind her eye patch so you can't tell she's winking, but like she opens her other eye really big so you're like, oh, she must be winking. <laughs> um, yeah, and and that that is the movie. So that is The Fast and the Fierce. Look, guys, I'm sorry that we watched this. Yeah, me too. In general. We're sorry that we messed up, didn't watch the right movie. One, uh, one quick... Uh, addition because we, we were sure, talking sure. about uh, yeah, Yannicka Olin, uh, who plays the the uh, flight attendant Alexis, uh, and she's the one that gets her, her wig ripped off and she's bald. Uh, very timely, uh, for current events, uh, that we won't get into. Uh, she has alopecia, so oh, could very well have been a, a conscious choice of like maybe like that's something that maybe she wants to embrace, and so like she's like, you know, let's let's show that. I, I don't, I don't know, that's that's conjecture, but that explains why. She in fact has no hair. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I'm a more more bald actress and more people with with things like alopecia as uh, lead or primary characters. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, inclusion. Um, yeah. So there's the movie. Uh, the Fast and Fierce is streaming on Tubi TV. So if you are the type of person that watches movies after we record them, uh, review them because you're like, oh, I got to see this crap. Um, there it is. Uh, you know, again, we thought it was the fast and the furious. We saw the, we saw the cars. I mean, honest mistake, right? Yeah, like yeah, we, we really tried to get it right this time, you Right. But next, next week is our last one of the month. And it's, it's another big one. We're prepping for, uh, for Top Gun. There's, We're going to do Top Gun because there's a new Top Gun movie coming yeah, out. There's no way that this can go wrong. Like we, we no. know Top Gun. Like I, I don't think I've ever actually like sat and watched it, but like, you know, I've seen parts of it. Like everybody knows Top Gun, Tom Cruise, like right. Need this, for speed. Yeah. And, this, you know, this talk is, to me goose and all that. Yeah. This is gonna be real, real easy to 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 get right. Like there's there's no way. So like we're we're definitely looking forward to uh to talking about Top Gun with you next week. Yeah, that's gonna be pretty sad. And and that'll you know, again, look forward to the new Top Gun movie that is coming out very timely mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. on this part. So this is going to be really easy to do. Um, hey, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. We super appreciate it. Yeah. If you have not hit that follow button, make sure to do so. Um, that way you get notified whenever we have brand new episodes. Every Thursday and Friday, we have brand new episodes. Uh, or I'm sorry, every Thursday and Sunday, we have brand new episodes. Thursdays being our bonus episode where we just kind of talk about things that are going on in the entertainment world. And Sundays are our movie review uh, episodes where we talk about movies that people have likely never heard of, whether they are uh, good or bad or weird or anything in between. Um, it's more likely to be movies you've never heard of, except for this month, which is all blockbusters. Hopefully the last one. We got one more shot. Yeah. But I mean, what are the, uh, what are the odds that we go four for four with getting them wrong in the month of April? Uh, almost none. It's just, it's, I just find it hard to believe, it's you know, that like, we would. It boggles the mind that we've managed to do it three times in a row. It's true. My mind is boggled. <laughs> um, quite. Uh, yeah, so there it is, everyone. So again, hit that follow button. If you, you know, if you're able to on your player of choice, you know, leave a rating and review. There's a lot of other sites you can do that. And of course, the easiest one, go ahead and share with 100,000 of your closest friends. It, you know, it's the least you can do. Just the minimum. It's just a click, you know, just send a mass text uh, to everyone. Uh, so thanks a lot for joining us, everyone. And we will see you next time. father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. 
a cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts, and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.